Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Batter listeners welcome back to a pot of their own this is episode 111 of a pot of their own i am allison mccaig and i am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts linda servich who is the birthday girl by the way yay (laughs) yes hello and happy new year (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh wait i have to say something (laughs) wait that's me (laughs) um yes so it's linda's birthday everybody so everybody wish uh linda happy birthday if you haven't already Happy birthday. Um, woo! Yeah, thank um, you. And we are also joined by Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Linda. Hello, Allison. Hello. Happy and New happy Year. Birth- happy New Year and happy birthday. Thank you. You're welcome. Happy New Year, everyone. So far, 2022, at least in the baseball world, has been extremely uneventful because <laughs> unless you've been living under a rock, you know that MLB is still in lockout. So not much is occurring since not much has occurred since the last time we recorded. We talked about, you know, the Mets hired Buck Walter and they made all their sign their pre-lockout signings. So Mets like pretty much were in the one of the teams in a better position entering lockout than most other teams because they had most of their stuff taken care of. But there is a couple of notes, um, Mets notes to talk about. Um, mainly the one thing that did happen um, is that uh, we learned just today that the first member of Buck Walter's staff has been hired or at least is like 
really close to being hired. I don't think all the like finer details have been ironed out, but um, the Mets are set to add Joey Cora to Buck Walter's coaching staff as the third base coach. Um, he is, uh, for those of you who don't know, he's Alex Cora's brother, um, and he's been the Pirates' third base coach since 2017. Um, so we have our first coaching staff member <laughs> hired. Oh, ha, ha. And didn't they also just sign... Juan Soto's brother to a minor league. Yeah, they sure yeah, so did. They're just hiring yes. everybody's brother. <laughs> everybody's brother. Um, this is a family business. <laughs> and of course, because, you know, like, well, first of all, because there's nothing else going on, everybody's just looking at video of like Juan Soto's brother taking batting practice and just dreaming that he's going to be, he's you know, Juan just Soto. as good. <laughs> just like as, Juan Soto. As Juan Soto, which. Is his brother. Is he still fit? No, I think he's with the White Sox now, isn't he? Oh, I don't remember. Good question. I thought yeah. he was still with the Mets. Maybe I'm wrong. No, he's um, Cespedes' brother, Yokelis. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Yokelis. Yeah. Yokelis. I can't remember I where he went. But um, oh, I'm going to look. Yeah, everyone was looking at uh, him taking batting practice, and he posted like an Instagram of like him wearing Mets gear, and everyone was really hyped about that. I mean, if he's even a fraction as good as his brother, it's quite exciting. Um, and I think that there How was also... Oh, oh, like he's still a teenager, right? I mean, Juan Soto is young. He's still young, yeah. So I can't imagine he's like, can't be more than like Juan Soto. He's, he's White Sox. Yokeless, yeah, I thought so. I think he's 18, maybe? Let's see. He's, oh, Sassanus' Ses- brother is 24? No. Oh. no, no, Leon Juan Soto. Soto's, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. I just know that he intends to sign during the international signing period, which starts on January 15th, by the way. But like, I don't know, like, can they do that? I assume they can during the lockout. Can they do international Mm -hmm. signings? I mean, since it's minor league, I would assume. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's exciting. And he has a sweet lefty swing, just like his, his brother. So Um, but yeah, he, uh, um, he, I think that there was also some hype on Mets Twitter about like, oh, if his brother is there, what about when Juan Soto becomes a free agent? (laughs) Like, this is like signing Manny Machado's (laughs) brother-in-law. I know. Right. I had that same thought, but (laughs) regarding Manny Machado, we've now hired his manager, his favorite manager. That's true. That's true. And Manny Machado is an opt out after next season. So I'm just saying, (laughs) well, Um, bring in um, all the stars by bringing in their associates. (laughs) Um, I mean, it's not a bad plan. It really. I was gonna say if not. Manny Machado has that out, like that opt out, that would preclude us getting Chris Bryant, which would make me very happy birthday, Chris Bryant. Yes, oh happy birthday gosh. to Chris Bryant. Yes, happy birthday, yes. Chris Bryant. My birthday are, twin. You are twenty nine. You're twenty nine. Thirty. He's thirty. He's thirty. Wait. Oh. Yes, yes. He's a big 3 0, so I hope he's celebrating accordingly by drinking one beer and calling 911. <laughs> <laughs> drinking, drinking one beer and dialing Sandy Alderson's cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I meant to no, say 911. Well, not Sandy Alderson. Dialing, you know. well, who's our GM now? Epler. <laughs> dialing Billy Epler's cell phone. No, dialing Steve Cohen himself. 
Yeah, go I, straight, go straight by, to the top, just man. Just bypass to everybody else. That go would to the be guy with the money. That would be collusion and not allowed. <laughs> but we're just saying if he drunkenly texts him, you can't blame him for that. I feel like I need to put on my like um what's the like the that fast voice that comes on after like car commercials and drug commercials like oh, yes. oh. like no, no this podcast does not endorse collusion. <laughs> <laughs> These are the side effects of this medication. Heartburn, stomach ache, nausea, heartburn. Potentially die. Dialing Billy up with your cell phone. (laughs) (laughs) Turning 30 means you don't dial Billy up with your cell phone number. I mean, at Chris Bryant, please do sign with the Mets after the lockout. (laughs) Please. Don't actually actually talk to Steve Cohen because, just because. I was being facetious. He'll get a good dinner out of it if he texts Steve Cohen. It's true. Yeah. Will it be salmon? Will it be chicken? Chicken chicken parm. parm? Yeah. Yeah. Worked so far. (laughs) (laughs) If I were if I were Richard, if I were Richard Staff, I would suggest salmon parm. Something highly (laughs) 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 You have to be vaccinated to visit Steve Cohen, which was another thing we learned. Oh yeah, that's true. That's good. So Which we like. We love to hear it, folks. Yeah. Oof. Hopefully, Chris Br- Bryant's vaccinated. He is, right? Is he? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that was ever revealed. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think it was. Wasn't he the player that was just like, I'm not going to reveal it. No, that was Rizzo. Okay. I knew it was. I knew it was a cub or a former cub. I just well, remember uh, the which Cubs one. had one of the lowest vaccination rates uh, among like that's not surprising. All of MLB. Yeah. So. Uh, the odds are not in his favor as far as like the odds are not in our favor as far as hoping Chris Bryant is vaccinated, but hopefully he is. Um, but yeah, I like the Mets have made their first, um, you know, hire as far as, or close to making their first hire as far as their coaching staff, um, as far as Buck Walters coaching staff. And from the article that, um, broke the news that, uh, that the Mets are set to add Joey Cora. The article goes on to say John Russell, who served as show Walter's bench coach in Baltimore is among the possibilities for that role at the Mets team officials were also impressed with Dodgers first base coach Clayton McCullough in his interview for the managerial opening that went to show Walter and could look to hire him as bench coach. So there's some speculation about like potential bench coach uh, hires in that article too. So wouldn't be surprised if that, is the next thing that comes down the pike as far as like announcements. Um, so yeah, I mean, even though lockout's happening, like show Walter still has to fill out his staff and those things can all happen during lockout and probably will be happening over the course of the next couple of weeks. Um, and it said he's also going to visit Fort St. Lucie because he's never been down there. It, it did say that, which was, which was really cool. Um, good to know that he's like, you know, he's invested, he's doing stuff. He's yes. eager and ready to go, which yeah. is very nice to hear. Um, I would expect nothing less. I'm not surprised by that at all. That's his personality, too. Um, very gung-ho and ready. Um, so we already talked about um, Chris Bryant. <laughs> as oh, a, sorry, know, I jumped ahead. A fairly <laughs> obvious. Oh, no, no, no. No, I, it's oh, my no, fault. I, didn't I wished him a happy birthday. That was my fault. Okay. <laughs> it's true. It's all Linda's fault for wishing him a happy birthday. Oh, well, it's also um, Kevin Pillar's happy birthday. We hardly knew oh. you, Kevin. Happy birthday to former Met Kevin Pillar. You will always be remembered for being the guy that got hit in the face with the ball and came back. Oh, my God. Oh. Um, but 
the uh, we already talked about Chris Bryant as far as like, I think that that is, you know, sort of the most obvious like player move that people are talking about as far as things that the Mets should do after the lockout, um, because that would really complete the offense and, you know, really make the lineup complete. Um, but there will be writing an article about it eventually, because I asked the Mets to sign Arenado last year, which they did not do. So, and they now once again, have a third base opening. So you got a second chance here, Matt. Don't blow it. I mean, you do a JD, but. I mean, and that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't necessarily preclude JD from being on the team. It's just like, because he was very good off the bench. If you just, if you just push guys like that to bench roles, it makes the team a lot deeper and a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the point uh, here. Say, JD Davis being your pinch hitter just strengthens the entire team as a whole. Yes. yes. Like that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, so other things that, you know, will probably be on the Mets radar, um, after the lockout, um, we know that per a recent rumor, uh, from over the weekend that the Mets had been in contact with Jerry's familia's camp prior to the lockout. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily think he's the right move, but the Mets do need to bolster their bullpen. They need to make like one or two really solid bullpen signings because Aaron loop has departed, which means they have literally no left-handed pitchers in their bullpen, by the way. Um, so that's an issue. Um, and they, and you know, they can't, they just, you can't just rely on like may and Diaz in the late innings. Uh, they need, you know, some more help, um, in that regard. Who's even available though? Um, there's a fair amount of people, um, like Andrew Chafin, for example, is available. Um, he's somebody that I could see them going after. Um, there's, I, I'd have to look at the, like, hang on. I'm looking. MLB Familia. I am open to it. As long as he's not going to be your like eighth, like seventh, eighth or ninth inning guy. Like he needs to be like your sixth inning my starter didn't last that long, like kind of mop up duty. Um, or if like you have, um, I don't know, like McGill start and you need to pull him after the seventh, then you bring in fam for the sixth. Like I would be open to that, but he like should not get like high leverage innings anymore. Ken Lee Jansen is available. Yeah, Ken, uh, Trevor Rosenthal, Brad Hand, Ottavino, oh, not hand, Joe. No, not Hand. Ryan <laughs> Tapera is Ryan Tapera is a really interesting name. He's like a right-handed setup. Cy Young guy. vote getter Ryan Tapera. <laughs> um, oh, Hansel's so hot right now. Hansel Robles okay. is available. He's available. So there, there are Casey guys. Street. Oh my God, Robert! Because I forgot Robert Gazelman was a free agent. He'll be in LA with Thor eventually. Probably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are guys available. Hunter, I mean, bullpen Hunter guys. Strickland's available, guys. We <laughs> should totally get him <sighs> again. I mean, bullpen guys are the type of guys that yeah. are always around and they can just pick up one or two of them. I mean, they made the Aaron Loop signing like pretty late um, yeah. in the offseason last year. I'm so pissed we lost him, though. I know. Me it too. sucks. It's kind oh. of annoying. And he he wanted to stay a Met. It's like really yeah. frustrating. Like, it wouldn't have taken that much money. Like, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah, but wasn't that when they were in between uh GMs at the time? Yes. Yeah, I think that, yeah. I mean they just didn't have their shit together, so they didn't, you know. They lost out on. Um, I mean, that's how they lost out on Syndergaard, too, basically. Yeah. Um Ugh. speaking of which, they do need 
I, I mean, the Scherzer signing is great, obviously very for it. They do probably need one more starting pitcher. Um, and whether that comes in free agency or trade, um, there are still, you know, some free agent starting pitchers available that, you know, I, I assume they're not going to go for another like big, big name. Plus most of the big, big names are off the board anyway. They're not going to sign someone like a Kershaw because he I was going to say, wouldn't it be amazing? It would be, it so would be, good. It would be but oh. he would command a similar contract yes, to, Scherzer. to Scherzer, not quite as high probably, but a similar contract, you know, because like it would be oh like a high, AAB, like not a lot of years sort of situation. And I don't yeah. think they're going to take that on. They have like the, like since I forget what year it is, they would have the top three pitchers by ERA at all baseball if they did that. Yeah, I know. That's, why, that's, incredible. Why, that's why I think it would be insane. I would love that, but it's not going to happen. I but know I know that. that the Mets had expressed interest in Yusei Kikuchi in the past before the lockout. Um, the, his name was loosely connected with the Mets. Um, I don't think in any sort of serious way, but just as someone that they were like interested in um, and he remains available, like that sort of tier, like, you know, the Steven Matz ish tier. Um, of pitchers they could use someone else from that tier or they could trade um they can make a trade i saw um i don't remember exactly what i saw a trade proposal from pat ragazzo of um of sports illustrated who incidentally is from my hometown which i did not know until recently when my brother literally dm'd me on twitter and was like you know pat ragazzo is from our hometown right i played football Ah. and i was like what what? (laughs) in high school yeah they played football on the same football team anyway weird weird coincidence um but i saw that he had uh written up a trade proposal for sports illustrated to get sean manea from the a's which i think would be a good target um i don't remember what he gave up in this theoretical trade i am sorry pat i'd have to find the article let me see um i know this because i wrote it up for morning news that morning um well they were also dangling there was the rumor they were gonna dangle jeff mcneil there was that rumor yeah there was that rumor um it was like a five moves the mets should make in the new year and yeah trade for shamanea um and i'm trying to see if he proposed like what sort of return that would take um yeah i know i know that oh yeah carlos rodon is another free agent i would i would year. look at carlos rodon so would i he's a lefty yeah. and they the lefty, need a lefty injury prone the, yes we need a lefty injury prone but yeah so here's the sean Maneus. they could potentially offer a high upside position player with multiple years of control left such as jeff mcneil or dom smith along with a low-level prospect so and there was there were rumors um prior to the lockout that the Mets were going to dangle Jeff McNeil, like Linda mentioned in trade. Um, So that's one potential route they could go is to get, is to get a higher quality starting pitcher than they might be able to get on the free agent market via trade. Um, I'm not necessarily in favor of trading Jeff McNeil. I understand why the Mets and maybe others have soured on him because of, you know, his poor season last season and his, you know, very obvious poor attitude about it on the field. Um, But I still think he is, I still think that the Mets would regret selling low on him if, if they, if they decide to trade him. And I think it, you know, unless they sign Chris Bryant, it really thins them out in position player depth to do that. And I don't think, they have that. Escobar now, too. They do. They do. Oh, yeah. But right now, both Escobar and McNeil are penciled into starting roles, unless you think so- that Robinson Cano is the everyday <laughs> stuck in basement, which I don't yeah. think that that's true. Um, 
So I think that unless you sign Chris Bryant, who would then become like the everyday third baseman and push, uh, you know, that would push uh, Escobar to second base and McNeil maybe to the bench. Unless you do that, I do not think that it's wise to trade Jeff McNeil. And I was going to say, we got to remember second base Robinson Cano is coming back. Right. And I'm kind of, I mean, obviously we, we there, I was going to say, we don't know how negotiations are going in this regard. We do know there are no negotiations happening. Um, Lockout is not ending anytime soon, but um, we don't know what the new CBA will look like when it does come, if it does come and what Hmm. the DH will look like. And if there will be a universal. So if there, if there is a DH, I imagine that that will be Robinson Cano's default role on the team. Um, I just pretended that didn't, doesn't exist. (laughs) Kellyanne is burying her head like an ostrich and ignoring it. I know. It's not happening. They, um, they could probably even buy out Cano and then you can always have Pete be your DH and then Dom be your first baseman. Yeah, they could do that. Um, I think it depends on how washed Cano looks in spring training, such as it is, if there is a spring training to speak of. Although um, I have to give Pete credit. He really did work really hard in his defense. He yeah, was yeah. he was much improved and Dom's not an everyday player. No, I, I don't believe that he is. If they I mean, no. if they could get Sean Manea in return for Dom Smith, I'm sorry. I love Dom. I love him yeah. as a person. I'm driving him to the airport. I'm sorry. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. When and it's not even necessarily that I'm like so much higher on Jeff McNeil than Dom Smith. It's more just like when you make trades, you have to draw from a position yeah. of strength, strength to bolster yeah. a position of weakness. It's and practicality at this point. Right now, Dominic Smith is a man without a position and probably not an everyday starting caliber player. Um, whereas Jeff McNeil, whether you think he's a starting caliber player or not, um, and that can be argued based on how much you value his 2021 performance and how much you think that is indicative of his performance moving forward right now he is an everyday starting player based on the roster that they have right this moment so you like in my opinion you can't trade him he's the starting second baseman right now uh-huh. <laughs> yeah um whereas you can trade dom smith because he doesn't have a starting position at this time yeah um so oh, and I also, Allison, I'm pretty sure me and you saw Sean and I, you were there for Thor bobblehead night, right? I was. That's yeah. Correct. He yes. started that game. He did. That's against right. Zach Wheeler. Yes. So I remember Ugh. being so pissed because he was, they didn't do shit off him. No, they yeah. didn't. And he even got a hit off Wheeler. Oh yeah, he oh, did. He I forgot about that. The runs. I was like, how the hell do you give up a hit to an American league pitcher? To an American pitcher? league pitcher. Come on now. I was so pissed, but then they ended up coming back and it was a Wilmer walk-off. I remember yeah, Wilmer walk-off. in my seat for that. Wilmer's final walk-off. That was a very oh. memorable, one of my more memorable Mets games. Um, it was. And oh. I, think, I think that was one of Duda's last hits, isn't that? It too? was. Mm-hmm. One of Darno's. Yeah. No, Darno, I think, was uh, came back the following year. Yeah. But Grandy, it was Grandy. I think he pinch ran that game. Yeah. Oh, that was well, it was one game. of Grandy's last games, one of Duda's last games. Yeah, that was that in Wilmer's last walk off. It was such a fun game. Um, <laughs> it was. But yeah, that, like getting a picture nope. like that would be really useful. Um, I was going to say he's a quality, like, fourth, fifth starter. And I'm yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Cover your ears, Kellyanne. Oh, God. You cannot go into the season planning on 
David Peterson and Tyler McGill in your rotation. So I things know. will have gone horribly, horribly wrong if you're no. planning. No, that. I know. But it's very valuable to have them as depth. As depth, yeah. Very yes. valuable. Um, but you cannot pencil them in. They need another no. starting pitcher. They absolutely need one more starting pitcher. I was gonna say I think they need two, but you know, well, they they, they, they yeah, need I all mean, the I pitchers. Think. I say that every offseason, they need all the pitchers. They do, but pray I, for Luis Castillo. It's fine. Realistically, realistically, we're getting one more decent one. Yeah, best. Um, and I mean they can make and they I mean they did it last year and they ended up going down to the very bottom of that of that depth. But I actually thought that they built adequate starting pitching depth last year. No, they had it just they all went down. It just evaporated into thin air. And I think they're going to make more moves or they should um, after the lockout. They should make more moves like the Jordan Yamamoto. And I mean, they can make some of those moves because they can make minor league signings. So they can make some of those moves now. Um, They should do those types of moves, sign guys to minor league deals who have some major league upside, bolster that you know, high minors, because we know that they don't have a lot coming from the system no. to help. We saw, we saw Sapucky and it wasn't good. So like, basically they don't really have anything coming. Um, and Matt so- Allen had Tommy John. I don't think he was close anyway, but he yeah, wasn't he really, but yeah. Joey Lucchese's out this season, right? Yes. Yes, he is. I, I was mean, I wasn't probably sure August if it was the earliest, but sad, no, sad but chirp think, noises. Yes. Can I name boring. the podcast Sad Chirp Noises? Yes. yes. So that's a good title for this week. It is because so there's not much else happening. But yeah, I mean, that's the Mets right now, <sighs> such as it is. We're just kind of waiting for the lockout to end. We're we're waiting for them to fill out the rest of the coaching staff. Once the lockout ends, that luckily the Mets are in the position where you know, they have to make moves after the lockout ends, but they've done all the big things and they just need to make, you know, although Chris, Chris Bryant would be another big thing, obviously. Yes. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I still don't fully believe Scherzer is a Met. Like, I know. they're going to find some loophole and say he signed, like, <laughs> right during the lockout and it's null and void. <laughs> he yeah, has I to just... go back to the Dodgers or something. At MLB <laughs> and the goddamn lockout so I can buy a Scherzer jersey because I'm no. waiting until the lockout ends to buy one. Like, I, I still like, I won't not, fully believe it until I see him in a men's uniform. I know he had the bad hat on, but that's still. that's how I feel as well. I mean, well, and having him and like having him and Degrom back to back, I want to see Degrom, and then I want to see Scherzer. 
one right now it's gonna other. be so great like opening day and the next day Ooh, well not oh the next God. day since they always do the day off after but you know what i mean Ooh, yes. games one and two i'm getting chills so, just thinking about me it too and i still it just doesn't seem real like it doesn't I, I have my sports passport which is like this app where you like check into every game you go to yeah which i need to download because i'm i need to be better about tracking my games <laughs> yes and then it tells you who your top performers are and for the longest time it said max scherzer and i was pissed i'm like now i don't have to be pissed that i saw a really good max scherzer star i was gonna <laughs> so, say if he stays your top performer that's a good thing for the mets <laughs> Actually, Steve oh, Finley yeah. from 1999 is my top performer. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> from Beanie Baby Day in 1999, I think he went like six for six and with like three home runs or something. I'm trying That's to think fantastic. who my top performer would be if I like had logged all the games I've ever yeah. been to. It and... includes pitchers. So if yeah, you I'm ever saw like think. a shutout, maybe. Mine would, mine would be Jacob deGrom. Easily. Yeah, I mean, I've been, um, well, Jake I went to. Jake is not on my list and I'm so upset about it. Now I've only been to two Jake starts, so it's not, I don't think it would be enough. And they were both really good, but I don't think it would be enough for him to be my top performer. I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Like, who's my Steve top Steve Wright performer? isn't on my I've, top performer. That's amazing. I've been to at least four DeGrom, yeah, four DeGrom starts, at least. I can't. I feel like it, I went to the most more. games. I went to the most games when I was in high school. So that would have been the like 06 era Mets. So it would have been like 04 to 08. So like who were the like best players? To, I mean, it might be David Wright, but I don't think I've like, I'm trying to remember any like standout David Wright moments that I witnessed in person. And I can't think of any, I mean, I can think of one, but it wasn't, <laughs> it's not the, it's not the, it's not a good thing. I was at the what, game. Him retiring? He, <laughs> no, well, I was oh. at that game too, but yes. Um, but I was at the game where he got hit in the head by Matt. Oh, 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 which, oh, which was, oh. I mean, that, that was like that's probably an ugly, ugly game. That's the most emotional I've been at a baseball game. Like I cried because I thought he was dead. Yeah, like, I, like, he was he, not moving. He was not moving. He, and this, like, I can't tell you guys the sound that it made oh. was harrowing. And like, I, I, I mean, this is a little bit of a preview of next podcast, but like I'm reading the captain right now. And obviously he talks about it in the book and like his mom was like hysterically crying. And like, that was understandably. like, I felt that deep in my bones because like, I was like, this man is dead. He's just been killed. Like I, oh, it was ho- horrible. It's like it, it that and, um, and the uh, there was there was this game I went to once, and I wish I had the memory that my dad has because my dad remembers every single damn baseball game he's ever been to, and remembers <laughs> like the score, who started, like he's encyclopedia baseball memory. Um, I don't remember the exact circumstances, but I remember, and it was a player on the opposing team, which is why I don't remember exactly who it was. But I saw a guy break his leg on the field, oh, which God. was a horrific, oh. like you know, like a feet oh. just like snap, and that was really yeah. bad too. So those were like the worst baseball injuries I've like seen in person. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, I found Steve Finley. I found his, yeah, cause I logged into my sports passport. So this is Steve Finley from May 30th, 1999. Now I, I I'll read it. And then I'll, I have a follow-up question. <laughs> so he went four for five that day, five RBIs, three runs, two home runs and a double. That was his stat line from Beanie Baby Day back in 1999. I love it. Now Amazing. number two on my list, is R.A. Dickey 
Oh yes, Robert Allen with his one hitter. How is that oh. number one, not number one? I to me that beats. Oh, I was at the I was at that game too. So that might be my top performer probably. So nine hits, one hit, no one runs, thirteen strikeouts, one hundred and fourteen pitches, and a win. How is that not better than Steve Finley? Why is that I don't know, two? man. I and then like- number three, Kellyanne, this is for you. Yes. Wilbur Flores. Oh. Yeah. 3rd, 2016. Six oh. for six. Four oh, my RBIs. God, the John Lester game. Oh, the six I for six so game. John Lester gave me three one. runs and two home runs. That, that, to me, is better than Steve Finley's game. John, he just ate John Lester for breakfast that, that game. That was I such remember. a fun game to be at. Oh, my I God. I remember that. Game. I'm so jealous oh, you were at that game. I, re- I will always and remember that game. Because I was at I was at Cape Cod with my family. And so I was watching it with like I was watching it with like six other people. And it was so fun. (laughs) Well, I remember I went that was the first time I met Chris McShane. And um, he said, I'm downstairs if you want to come down and say hello. So I went downstairs to the concourse. And they had Wilson Contreras pitching because it was a oh, blowout yeah. at that yep, point. Yep, yep. And then Jacob DeGrom pinch hit. So then Chris yes. was like, oh, look, a catcher is throwing to a pitcher. Very funny. <laughs> so I have oh. a picture of that because when he said that, I was like, oh, that's awesome. So I have a picture of Wilson Contreras throwing to Jacob DeGrom. That's fantastic. I love when stuff, I just love like, baseball yeah, I love when stuff like that baseball happens. like that. But still, how is that? How are Dickie and Wilmer Flores not better than Steve Finley's game? Like Steve Finley, of course, had an amazing it game. It probably but... has to do with some sort of weird, like they, like, I wonder how they calculate it. Do you think it's like yeah. win probability added? Yeah, that could be. That's probably it because like, that probably is what makes the Finley game better because like, what was the final score of that game? Like did he won? Oh, okay. I was going to say, cause did he very like bad that day? Cause Randy Johnson pitched. <laughs> I was, cause I was like, did he help them like win a close game or something? Cause no, like, obviously like a lot no, of no. the Wilmer Flores stuff happened in like lower pressure situations. So maybe the win Dickie's probability. Game. Yeah. But Dickie though, I would think the yeah, Dickey thing, one's... the Dickey game has the like highest win probability added is my That's guess. That's inexplicable. Yeah, a one hitter. That's inexplicable. That would probably be my to top me. performer, yeah. I imagine, if I'm thinking about it. Because I think okay. that, yeah, that like that's probably the one that yeah, I would think so. Thing would but have. okay, want to hear the this group of names? <laughs> oh, we're, are we remembering some guys? I could say we're it. remembering some guys. All right, since we have nothing else really much going on. <laughs> Okay, so Steve he said this is going to be a short podcast. Okay, I'll go through it quickly then. <laughs> okay, Steve Finley is number one. All right, Dickie is number two. Wilmer Flores is number three. Kirk Newenheis is number oh, four. Yes, did yes. you at Kirk's three home run game or whatever? I it was. was. Oh my Father's god! Day. On Father, no, that wasn't his three home. That was his walk off game where yeah, Bob yeah. Costas was just like, "What is the world coming to?" Oh my god, what a dick! Yep, that was his um, three home run game. Okay, so number five is Christian Guzman on the Nationals from September 10th, 2008. Wow. Okay. Uh, Zach Wheeler on August okay. 4th, 2018. Nice. Um, Noah Syndergaard, the last game of the season in 2018. Okay. Oh, that was really good. I remember he was, that. Yeah, I think that was like a one hit, no, three hitter. Yeah, no. that was really good. Against the Marlins? It was a shutout. Yeah, it was nine innings pitch, five yep. hits. No one runs six strikeouts, 101 pitchers. Yeah, it was against the, the Marlins. I remember that game. I, I was like listening to it on the radio. Pitchers. Then here we go. Max Scherzer, July 9th, <laughs> yeah, well. 2016. That was against Logan Verrett 
and it was like <laughs> disaster. Oh my um, god! Seven innings pitched, three hits, no earned run, runs, nine strikeouts, 117 pitches, and the win. The very well. Now he can do that for us. Yeah. Yes. So welcome, Max. Now number nine, Stephen Matz on the David Wright game. Ah, yes, that's right. Oh, oh my God, that game. He, he pitched, pitched well. well. He, he pitched well, well that day. The offense was not there. <laughs> yeah, I just, well, I just, do, 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 do. And Once again, num- the Marlins. Yes, it's always the Marlins. It's always and number the 10. Let's play the dumbest games against the Marlins. Said, oh, it's so I still remember that 20-inning game. That was a nightmare, that 20-inning game. 20-inning game, the, the hit-by-pitch win that wasn't a hit-by-pitch. That was Marlins, he, too. The, the bullpen can't pitch for crap so they always injure our players yes the khalil lee janeshwi fargus game was also the marlins (laughs) everything's always the marlins marlins both good and bad like just yeah just everything everything weird is the Marlins, or or ridiculous or sad even yeah because we were the first game after jose Jose fernandez's passing well, and they, they were la- and they were last day at Shea too. Yeah, which I was at. My God. <laughs> oh. Okay, my ten number ten is Vince Velasquez from April 9th, twenty sixteen. Oh my God, wow. was was that the game we were both at, Linda? Was that Vince Where's Velasquez? Freezing cold. Where it was freezing Vince Velasquez yes. against Bartolo Colon, and yes. we lost like one nothing. What a Ryan oh my- Howard home run! Oh my freaking God, that was miserable i was, it was so absolutely miserable angry like, died. it was so cold i was like god i was we were we sitting doing? in the upper deck in like the last row i was in my I winter coat oh my god shivering and angry and just sitting there with like the <laughs> most like the biggest scowl on my face the whole time i was, oh, with I, my, was I was so mad i was with my parents and my best friend and my best friend's a phillies fan and she and so i was just like i'm so unhappy right now. I was sitting next to a Phillies bed. She's gloating. Oh, it was the worst. I was yeah, like, I was with my whole family. We got tickets. My brother got tickets. And because it was fire nights and fire night, fireworks night, because I think it was like opening weekend or something. Yeah, it was. And do you remember yeah. how the fireworks kept screwing up and they kept doing, hello, it's yes! me <laughs> by Adele. And they played that like three different three times. times. <laughs> Because it wasn't, yeah, because they couldn't get the fireworks to go, probably because it was so damn cold. It was too cold, and they couldn't get the fireworks to shoot off. So, like, three different times, it was just like, hello, it's me, and nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) I will never forget that as long as I live. It was so funny. Oh, Oh, but it was so bad, though. Like, that just topped off, like, an absolutely miserable night at the ball. Because I feel like if it had not been so awful in so many other ways, that fireworks thing would have been absolutely hysterical. Oh, but instead, I was just really Hilarious. angry. I just like I remember saying, "Like, who cares? Just shoot him off. Just do it. <laughs> I don't care. Just, do- I just want to leave." <laughs> oh God! Because I remember my boss had tickets to opening day at the Yankees that week, and it got snowed out. Oh, mm, God. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up, she ended up going, like, I think the next day. And she was telling me, like, oh, it was very cold. You need to prepare yourself. <laughs> and I pre- like, my mom bought a blanket. And I'm, like, sitting there, like, shivering under the blanket. Like, just get me out of here. I want to go home. I want to go home. Um, yeah. Anyway, so this has been remembering some games and some guys <laughs> <laughs> on a pod of their own. Um. We do have one like larger baseball matter to cover, and it is kind of related to the lockout um, in a roundabout Ugh. way. Um, 
So uh, the big like kind of baseball story of this week is that MLB Network parted ways with Ken Rosenthal because of his criticism of Rob Manfred, um, which was a, you know, a very cowardly move on the part of the league, obviously. Um, I don't want to like I've seen a lot of like uh, obviously like Twitter's talking about this a lot because there's nothing else to talk about. And I've seen a lot of like people, especially like you know, other writers in the industry, industry insiders, I guess you could call them like tweeting, like very, like, you know, glorifying things about Ken Rosenthal and like, he's the best in the business and all this stuff. And like, he's good at his job, but he's not the best, but let's not pretend that like Ken Rosenthal is some like bastion of journalistic integrity. He has carried, believe me, you guys, Ken Rosenthal has carried plenty of water for the league because of his position um, that he holds. He has carried plenty of water for the league. Now he's now he writes one mildly critical thing, which clearly did take a certain amount of courage because he suffered the consequences for it. But, you know, he wrote like one mildly critical thing. It wasn't even that like harsh. Let's be real. But it was it was correct. He wrote like one mildly critical thing about Rob Manfred and he got canned from MLB Network. Um, or they cut ties with him, I guess I should, I should yeah, say. Like his contract was so petty. Incredibly Ugh. petty. Incredibly petty. Um, like and- how, th- how thin-skinned, at, and at this point, too, you've gotten so much criticism from fans. Uh, what a like horribly- they, were, they were booing him at the last draft. Yeah, what a horribly yeah, petty tyrant it. Rob Manfred is. And it... it we are at the point, I mean, I, he was clearly unpopular before this lockout. He was already deeply unpopular, but we are at the point where he has not a single ally among like, besides you know, the, the owners besides the owners, but he has not, not an ally to be found among the fan base, among probably most of the people that cover baseball, um, who usually are doing the most work carrying water for the league. Like it's at the point where he, you know, like is pretty much universally, despised by everyone who ever thought like i can't believe i'm saying this i want bud selig back good lord bud selig was great compared to rob manfred like that that takes that takes a lot to say because he was bad the bar was the floor so now like manfred's (laughs) in the basement he's below the basement he's in the ground in the roots (laughs) well again okay like like we've said, Ken Rosenthal has had many issues in the past with how he covers certain topics, Trevor Bauer being one of them. Ugh. So, like, I'm not completely heartbroken about that, but I think the larger implications are what's bad. And yes. there was a tweet by Eugene Friedman that kind of summed it up, which I found. And he tweeted, if you ever wondered about the relationship between MLB Network and the insiders who report on its shows, MLB has pulled the curtain back completely. It's state-run media. Everyone, everything one of the pundits should say, says should be viewed as state policy, not objective fact. So it's basically SNY, how we always say that's state media for the well ponds. Like yes. That's what MLB Network is now for Rob and Fred. And it's what MLB.com is as well. Yep. Yep. And I think we should do well to remember this during a lockout that has, you know, I think revealed a lot about, you know, about the objectivity of the reporting that appears on MLB.com. Now, I'm not trying to disparage 
Anthony DeComo and, you know, who's, you know, he's the Mets writer for MLB.com, obviously. Um, and the other like people who I'm sure work very hard and are very good at their jobs. And I'm not trying to disparage his, you know, his integrity or whatever, but I think that we need to bear in mind that, you know, the fact that they are MLB.com has stripped itself of all of its reporting about current players and all all like, you know, even their likenesses, every every evidence, every shred of evidence of current players says all you need to know about the objectivity of that site and its reporting about the league. Yes. Yeah, so like, what do they, you know, makes you question like, you know, this whole thing with, you know, the Dodgers and it, it being covered up, like it makes you wonder what aren't they reporting? Like, what do they know? Yeah, I think what else is out there that they're not reporting because they're not allowed to report Yes, because they're not allowed or they don't want to or and personally, I think it's a lot. And it'll be interesting to me to see, because obviously Ken Rosenthal is going to continue at Fox Sports and at The Athletic. He's still employed. He's still he's still going to keep writing about baseball and reporting about baseball Um, like his his day to day doesn't really change all that much or like from the perception of like fans like Ken Rosenthal is still going to be tweeting scoops. He's still going to be doing all this stuff. I think sideline reporter at the Fox games. Right. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if the shape of his stories at the athletic change at all. And if they do, we should pay attention to how they do. So hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. Um, Hopefully hopefully the chains are off a little more and he can report on more things. Maybe that previously he feared losing some sort of access to the league or whatever. I mean, there's always going to be that even though he's not directly, you know, employed by MLB network anymore in any way. Like journals, journalists always fear losing access. And so they will not report things that they probably should be reporting for fear of losing access. Yep. And Rob Manfred has literally done everything in his power to like, like between ruin the sport, ruin yeah, to ruin the sport. And now like with the lockout too, He's just made it how obvious how in how in control the owners are and like how they view the players and not just the players, just yeah. the sport overall. The sport as a whole, yeah. And deep like, with deep contempt. Yeah, it basically is. Yeah. And so like was his goal here to look worse? Like, does he not have PR people like telling him you might not want to do this? <laughs> like now is the time you decide to fire Ken Rosenthal when people are already angry. And, I mean, I honestly at this point, I don't think he cares. Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, guess he feels nobody can touch him because he's not in any danger of losing his job, even no, though he should be. And and what's interesting is that you know. The the thing that Ken Rosenthal got fired for or, you know, got ousted at MLB Network for saying is basically like the is basically talking about the perception that Manfred is beholden to owners and out of touch with players. Um, And he wrote about that. And that's why he was ousted. And by ousting him, Manfred is proving his point. Uh (laughs) And like so that's the ironic thing is it's just like. 
like he's he's critical of you because you're out of touch and because you're clearly beholden to the owners and because of of all these issues and then he fires you for saying these things it, it, it like it only makes him look worse because he's like you know that you know that the, what because he looks bad pretty bad already it's how you know that what rosenthal is saying is true <laughs> i mean it was already obvious that it was true but you know what i'm saying Yes. If yeah, the point he just left there. no doubt at this point. Right. It's sad. I, I. How low can he go? I worry Don't about ask that question, Killian. Do not answer. Well, that no, because I, I, re- I keep retweeting myself every time he does something, and it says, "Man, uh, like my tweet says, Manfred keeps finding new ways to be the worst baseball commissioner ever. Just when you think he can't stoop any lower, he does. Truly, it's a feat. It is a feat, and it I- is a feat." I worry about the future of the sport. Yeah. I, I like this lockout's not ending anytime soon. I think, I think a lot of people would have been surprised if you had told them at the beginning of the off season that the season would be affected by this labor stoppage, but I'm not among them. I'm not surprised at all. In fact, I thought from the beginning that there was a strong chance that I mean, the season would be impacted. And I think it's getting stronger by the day. Well, as soon as I, the match signs Scherzer, because of course we can't have anything nice. We, can't, we can yeah. never have nice things. It's so true. now I, the season's going to be impacted. I just, I, I think the writers and moderators and general, like the commenters over at Amazing Avenue have been kind of expecting this for a few years now. Like all we were always kind of saying, oh, the CBA negotiations are going to be interesting when they come around. It's definitely going to be a lockout or it's definitely going to go into a strike. And um, I know that kind of section sub subsection of Mets fans were prepared for it almost, I want to say. Yeah. And I mean, the the fact that there is a global pandemic only made it worse. Worse. Yeah. I mean, you, one would argue that in theory, the league should be more motivated to have a season in mm-hmm. the aftermath of the pandemic because of the lost revenue due to the pandemic. But but no, they have to have their way. Yeah, it's 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 a power grab at this point. Yeah, because they, they don't care. They just they don't, they don't care. They don't. They're not losing anything. No, no goodwill they never had anything to begin with right no. right pr they don't care no anything they're losing they don't give a crap about not Which, one bit. every time every time that your favorite franchise cries poor about trying to sign xyz player that the fan base wants remind remind people that the owners are willing to lose far more money on this strike that is going to happen if it does happen on this strike that is going to happen then it would cost to sign chris bryant or whoever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. remember that and they they're also do, pulling, they are willing to lose that because they don't care yeah. the, the the training staff the the front no not the front office staff the training staff the coaches the, anybody that's a stadium worker, they're all going to be out of jobs too. Yep. So this is just going to have a ripple effect. That's and very, I, very not good. Between the 2020 loss season to COVID and 
And this, I like I said, I seriously worry about the future of the sport. And I, I have never been one of those doomsday baseball is dead people because people have always been saying that and it has never been dead. And I that's, you know, while Not I acknowledge like- the problems that baseball has had growing its fan base, namely due to the short sightedness of people like Rob Manfred and the, the measures he's taken to grow the league that have only been counterproductive for the most part. But so I've never been one of the doomsday, like the sport is dying. Oh my God, sort of people. But if, if there's a serious strike that impacts, you know, a good chunk of the season, I, between that and the, the lost COVID season, I seriously worry about the sport dying or at least becoming like second class to the other major American sports. Well, it already is. It already is. It already is to a certain extent, but it's only going to get worse. Like basically it's going to become like lower than the NHL. Sorry, Linda. (laughs) The NHL is growing. Excuse you. It just had its highest viewership ever. I just, I think baseball is very regional and I don't think that's going to totally be lost. But everybody knew who Ken Griffey Jr. is, was. Nobody knows who Mike Trout is. If you only follow basketball, you don't know who Mike Trout is, but everybody knows LeBron James. Yes. Yes. But that's the only player I know. I can't, I can't tell you anybody else. So I I don't understand how we got from Ken Griffey Jr. to Mike Trout. Like they're both exceptional. I mean, Ken Griffey Jr. wanted the limelight when he was more suited for the limelight. More more. charismatic for sure. Yeah. But they both played on the West coast. So that's not an excuse for Trout. Like, I, I don't know. Like, why does nobody know who this generational talent is? Like his just, talent should transcend. Like, like him doing cool stuff on the field should be stupid, everywhere. Stupid blackout rules. Uh, just bad, bad marketing. Bad- well, that's the other thing. I wanted to buy my brother-in-law a, a Mets shirt for Christmas. And because he's a Yankee fan, but when we go to games, he has nothing to wear. Because when him and my sister go, he has nothing to wear. So I was like, okay, I'll get Jimmy a Met shirt. Fanatics was horrible. The selection was absolutely horrible. So I don't know when Fanatics had a has a monopoly on all, on like like I think that might have something to do with it too. Like just the merchandising has gone way downhill. The, and the this was for men. MLB. This wasn't even for women. <laughs> I expect a bad selection. Right. <laughs> like, this is, I mean, this is like the official MLB one. If you go to MLB PA sites like RotoWare and Breaking Tea, uh, the selection's much better and yeah. it's a lot more fun. And they do a lot of referencing in, in the, from, from moments of the game. Like I just saw, I almost bought it with that with the Wilmer. Wait a minute. What was it? It was like Wilmer. It wasn't a strike. It was a reference to Flores and the, and his, um, not a strike strikeout. Oh, what was it? Oh, I like in play runs. That's a good shirt. Is it breaking tea that had it? I think it was breaking tea, but yeah, they have such, they have a lot of selection of shirts that are honestly to me a lot better than the regular MLB shop site yeah, but for like, a, like, but like, for like I a said, player for, jersey 
But for, like, he's a Yankee fan. He doesn't want, like, anything specific like that. Like, I just wanted yeah. a regular Mets shirt. That's true. And there was yeah. none to be found. So I ended up going, like, finding this website called, like, Vintage Tees. And I got him a Mr. Mets shirt with the logo from, like, 1963. Wow. <laughs> and the shirt's incredible. And he loved it because Mr. Mets makes everybody happy. But, like, I had to really do some research to just find one plain men's Mets shirt. Yep. Yeah, jeez. So, like, uh, fanatics having a monopoly on the merchandising has made everything a lot worse. I think too. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Wilmer but- didn't go. That was the shirt. Oh yeah. Sorry, just backtracking for a sec. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, since this lockout is continuing, um, we will continue to find, you know, creative ways to make engaging content for you guys during the off season when there's not much to talk about. Um, we're, uh, we're planning a discussion, uh, next podcast of the captain, which I already kind of previewed cause, uh, we're reading that right now. Um, and so we're going to talk about it. Um, David Wright's memoir, which should be a fun uh, discussion, a little bit of a book pod. Um, and we're trying to, you know, plan some sort of maybe like a league of their own watch along with a chat room. If you guys are interested in things like that, um, if there are other like things, ideas of like type of off season, you know, lockout content that you guys want to see, like email us, tweet at us. Like, we'd love to hear your ideas. Um but in the meantime, we will end the show um, with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball-related or otherwise. Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk-off win for this week? Okay, I have two. And one is actually a month old, and I didn't realize it was this old and I haven't mentioned it, but Rutgers basketball. Ah, uh, yes, I know this. Oh, my gosh. They beat the number one team. Uh, Purdue on an insane buzzer beater. Oh my God. Ron Harper Jr. Just made this perfect shot with like, obviously no time left. And it was, it was a, it was the one, it was a three pointer that won the game. Cause they were down 68 to 67 at that point. Oh my God. It was just insane. Oh, if you, if you haven't seen the clip, go watch it. Search for Rutgers versus Purdue. It will pop up immediately. So that is, is walk-off win number one. The second one is I finally got my all of my grades today, and I had a straight A semester for my first semester of grad school. I'm very happy about that. Congratulations. Yay, That's awesome. Good Thank job. You. Yay. I like straight A's. I knew A's. you could do it. <sighs> That one course is very stressful. Oh, there's always that one, but yes. still, I knew you could do it. Thank you. I could not have done it without your support. Of course, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> I do not, sorry, but I don't miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's fine. <laughs> Linda, upward and upward. Linda Servage, what is your walk-off win for this week? Uh, my walk-off win, since you brought up hockey, um was I went to the Rangers game on Sunday it was my birthday present um happy birthday (laughs) again thank you um (laughs) I was a little hesitant about going um but everybody had to be vaxxed and they did check um that's good and I was a little nervous so like I didn't really eat or drink (laughs) so I just kept my mask on the whole time like I was 
quick take a sip then like put my mask back on uh, but uh, where our seats were there was really like nobody around us so I felt kind of okay about it um um but it was the first time I had been there in like two years Allison the last game I went to was when we went yeah um so this was the first game also in like the post Henrik Lundqvist era so that was also kind of hard um and then also it was also hard Kellyanne was Panarin got COVID right before the game and didn't play oh, no. <laughs> so I didn't even see Panarin <laughs> um so I was expecting a full blowout like they are without their best player um they were playing one of the best teams in the league um and they ended up winning for nothing um that's nice I got That's to see good. a hat trick, so everybody threw their hats on the ice. Ooh, I know um, what that is. Yes. <laughs> That's like a, one thing in, in hockey that I kind of understand. That's because it's also a soccer thing. Yeah. Yes, that's true. It was my first hat trick. I've never seen a hat trick. That's amazing. Um, that's great. That's a great birthday gift. Yeah. So, like, I got to see everybody throwing their hats on the ice. Um, and... They also got a shutout. So I saw Igor, Igor Shesterkin. He's Henrik's heir apparent. Um, and he's really good. And so he got his, he got a shutout for the Rangers. Um, and then they show Henrik wished everybody a happy new year. And they played that on the big screen. The garden went nuts. So I'm not going to survive Henrik Lundqvist night when they retire his number, which I also Aww. have tickets to. Um, because I don't know if you knew this, Kelly, but like he never got a goodbye. Like it would be like if David. No, Wright I didn't had, know that. Because um, wasn't he on briefly on another team after well, he left the Rangers? Like very briefly. Well, what happened was the last game when me and Allison were there, they were getting blown out. Um, it was Igor's first game back from getting into a car accident. Said oh, he had Jesus. broken ribs, so he was not sharp. So they took a Igor out and put Henrik in. Um, so then like the garden got it went all crazy and we're like, ah, Henrik. And so that was March 7th, 2020. And the next week, obviously, everything shut down. Wow. And then they came back, played in the bubble, so there were no fans. And then after that, they let Lundquist go. Ugh. Um and then he played, he signed with the Capitals, but then they he had a heart condition and couldn't play. Um, so then he retired. So he never played with in front of fans again. So he never got a goodbye. Oh, so it'd be like David Wright never getting up a go- like if the David Wright game never happened. If they just said, "All right, bye, see you later," and <laughs> nobody got to say, you know, say goodbye for the final time. Um, no, so that, that was, was that's ugh. always kind of bothered me that like it was just so unceremonious. Like he did everything for this. Well, now he's he's going to be honored, and now yes, so finally he's going to, and he's back as a commentator too. So I get to see his oh, pretty that's face great. on my screen, <laughs> <laughs> and he seems to have made peace with it. But still, I haven't made peace with how it ended. Um, no, that that like truly is not great. Yeah, so be prepared <laughs> in a couple weeks when I'm solving mess for my walk off win will be Henrik Lundqvist night. <laughs> um but yeah so i mean i mean i they did you know 
do a good job, you know, checking the vaccinations and everything. And I do like the way the garden is always decorated. I always try to go to a range of game around the holidays because I always love how they decorate. Um, so, you know, but it really was, it had been almost a full two years since I had been there. Wow. And yeah, I was like, oh, wow, <laughs> it's really been a long time. So that's my walk-off line. I, I did have a really, really fun day at the Rangers game, which I was not expecting. Because like I said, I was expecting a full-on disaster. But <laughs> it was actually really good. It was really fun. And I had a really good time. So yeah, go Rangers. <laughs> Sometimes you get a pleasant surprise. <laughs> you do. Yes. And those are the best. Yeah, those are always the best. Um, my walk-off win is just a simple one that I had a nice, like pretty chill holiday and I got to see my family and we got to see Michael's family and it was really nice. And, you know, it was just, I got to, you know, open presents two different times because we do it with my That's family fun. on Christmas and then Michael's family on New Year's. Um, so we kind of did like two Christmases and it was really nice. And well, you're within I, the 12 days of Christmas. So. Exactly. Um, so I just, I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, now more than ever with COVID happening, like getting to spend time with family is even more precious. So yeah. it was yeah. just really nice. Um, so that's my walk-off win for this week. Um, in the meantime, you can go to amazingavenue.com, check out all of our lockout content. Um, I recently did an interview with the, um, with the managing editor of Camden chat about Buck Walter. And I'm still, I still have another Buck Walter piece in the works kind of part two of the like Baltimore perspective of Buck Walter series I'm working on. Uh, so you can look out for that. You can look out for Linda's uh, Chris Bryant piece that she has in the works um, and all of our other awesome uh, off season content. Um, oh, and the prospect lists are happening right now too. So check out that from our miners, our miners staff who work so hard on them every single year. So proud of their work. So please read the the, the prospect lists going up right now um, during this week. Uh, so yeah, um, you can follow the site Amazing Avenue on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at A Pot of Their Own. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servich. And you, Kellyanne? L-R-B-E-L-L-A-R-E-B-E-E. You can subscribe to this show, Amazing Avenue Audio, wherever you get your podcasts from. And please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcast.